Hey everyone, I'm Kaimani and welcome back to our Utah podcast. Today I'm here with some very familiar people to our podcast and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hey, I'm India. You know, I'm back again. And it's me, Nas. I'm back as well. I don't feel like I need to go through the whole introduction. <laughs> okay, thank y'all for being here today. So today we're just going to talk about confronting confrontation in a healthy and effective way with mentors, the leadership team, amongst mentees, and then even with professors. So just jumping right into it. When working with the team, it's important that everyone stays all on the same page. So what do you do when there may be a person or multiple people who are negatively impacting the team's performance? I think the first thing you have to do is kind of identify what's happening that is making this, this person or these people negatively impact the team's performance, right? Like, I think first you have to really assess the situation. And then I think for me, I if I were on a team, I would prefer that my team come together as a team first to kind of talk it out to see if we can't all fix it before we go to our supervisors or, you know, in this case, before we go to the student coordinators or the leadership staff, so. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think too, you know, especially if the situation is involving you and another mentor, just personally, I think you should definitely go directly to that mentor first and have a conversation. And then from there, if there's if the situation does not improve, then that's when you definitely, you know, should take it a step further as what Nas said and reach out to coordinators graduate assistants, Simmons, whomever that you need to reach out to, to feel like in order to help you um, pretty much improve on this situation, because, you know, during Utah, you're going to have situations with co-mentors. And I think a lot of people kind of brush over that situation and don't really take it for what it really is. And I think that's how problems mostly arise only because, well, I wouldn't even say arise, but get bigger in that sense, dealing with co-mentors. I think another thing with working on a team and working with co-mentors in this case is communication is going to be your biggest asset. So if you all don't know how to communicate, then there's going to be conflict regardless. Mm -hmm. And if if there's conflict and you don't know how to communicate, you can't effectively resolve that conflict without knowing how to talk it out as adults. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're all grown. So you all have to be able to address these situations quickly and in an adult mature manner otherwise it's just going to be childish and petty mm-hmm. and it's going to look messy and as a team y'all are not going to look cohesive and it's going to look like y'all don't have y'all stuff together mm-hmm. and that's not a god that's not a good look mm-hmm. so i don't know about y'all but i think individually i wouldn't want my name kind of associated or attached to that visibility in that breakdown of team communication and cohesion definitely at the end of the day it's about being on the same page as mentioned and you're not going to be an effective team if you're not on the same page because let's be real if you have a problem with someone typically you're not going to want to speak to that person until the problem is resolved that's just me learning from my petty side but (laughs) as i've grown and still growing and trying to develop you're gonna you're gonna um, work with people that you're not gonna want to work with and it's just really about putting your differences aside, taking that step and being an adult and having that conversation in order to move forward. And then, you know, either we can forgive and forget, but at the end of the day, 
you don't have to forgive me, but you got to respect me. And I think that's just the conclusion of what everyone should get to at the end of the day. Just making sure that you respect one another and just knowing that y'all are on the same page. Yeah, because the fact of the matter with you, Top, is that you don't have to be friends you don't. with, with no, each other. Don't. You, you don't have to be friends. You don't have to force friendships or anything right. like that. You just have to know how to work together right. as a team. Do your job. Be respectful. Like, yeah, everything right. that India was saying, I echo all that. But I, I don't want it to get lost and people feeling like they have to be fake mm-hmm. to right. in order to work well together. Like, no, I, I, I cannot like you and be the best coworker you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Right, that's where communication comes in, too, though. Because even though y'all are y'all might be different people mm-hmm. and may approach situations differently, if y'all are communicating and doing what you need to do, then everything will work out. Yeah. So. You really have to learn how to compartmentalize and say, what is my purpose for being here? My purpose for being here is not the petty BS, right? Yes. My purpose for being here is to help the students and to be a mentor right. to these students. And even so. if y'all are different, that common goal and the purpose for you being there is the same. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I think, you know, confrontation with co-mentors and co-workers, it's, I think on some level it's unavoidable, but it's also very easily manageable if you have the right skill set. One thing that's really funny too is you've seen situations in the past where mentors may not get along, right? And it's funny because sometimes mentors maybe may end up in the same room during the during the summer with one another and <laughs> right and so you're preaching to you're preaching to your mentees sign those those roommate agreements and do this in the third and it's kind of like oh like shoot i need to sign my own roommate <laughs> agreement so it's just situations like that too where it's unfortunate that you might be rooming with someone that you don't necessarily get along with but at the end of the day like i said you don't have to like me but it's the same thing as if you're getting on campus and you're roomed with a random, you don't know this person from a can of paint, and then problems may arise. You got to figure it out because after that period where you can't switch anymore, then you pretty much stuck there. So either you're going to work it out or you're just going to be mad. So it's kind of up to you of how you want to deal with confrontation with a lot of the mentors, especially in your group especially with different opinions rising flying around a lot of dominant personalities it's going to get hectic so it's all based on it's on you one thing i would say to do when there is conflict is to not let it drag out mm-hmm. yeah. you need to address it as soon right. as soon as possible i like to say before the day ends the utah day is long utah day is long it's long so you got plenty <laughs> but of time the utah day also it's different <laughs> different it, times it different does. people yes but so, I, I definitely feel what you're saying i think Utah is already very brief. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels long until you get to that last week and you're just kind of like, oh, wait, where'd the rest of the five weeks go? Right. But Utah is already brief. We don't really have time to let stuff fester and just kind of, like, you don't really have time to sit on things. If you know that it's something that can potentially affect your performance or the team's overall performance, mm-hmm. then go ahead and nip it in the bud. Right. What about with leadership? So we all know that there are times where you might disagree with the action or decision that was taken by someone that is on the leadership team, whether that be the coordinators, GAs, or Simmons himself. <laughs> what are some correct and incorrect ways to try to handle that situation? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start incorrect <laughs> or do you want to start correct? Let's start with some incorrect ways. I think... How not I to need approach. to talk to you. I need to talk to you. <laughs> I think, you know, we get lost in that college. In, when you're a college-age student, you get lost in this this 
the stage of wanting instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't agree with something or you feel like you want something, then you want it then, you want it now, you want it yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, college students are kind of entitled. I know that because I once was a college student. So I understand what that feeling of entitlement is like. You feel like everyone is supposed to be here to serve me and, mm-hmm. and work for me and like, like all this stuff. Just conquer the world. Right. And I get it. But no, that's not <laughs> that's not how that's life not works. How it works. So it's totally okay to have a problem with leadership. It's totally okay to not agree with everything that leadership decides or how they maneuver. That's perfectly fine. But to demand answers or to demand anything from somebody who is essentially your supervisor, are you trying to lose your job? Like, right. are you trying to to make yourself or paint yourself in a poor image? And saying like, well, just because I don't like this or just because I have strong feelings against this or about this, I need answers now or I need whatever now. It's like, well, we're human, too. You got to give us a minute to respond and and all this stuff. So you can't go in a situation and buck and not expect a buck back. Like, period. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just life in general, because, yes, at the end of the day, leadership is going to be leadership, but they're also human beings. And it's like the same situation. You got to put yourself in their shoes and and vice versa, honestly and truly, because like I said, at the end of the day, you're human. Your natural instinct for someone to come buck at you is to buck back. And that's just me personally. Like, you need to come correct before you hit me with a problem. So I'm all for, you know, constructive criticism. I'm all for listening to problems. I'm mm-hmm. all for feedback on what I'm doing wrong I'm all for it I crave it you know it's part of my growth do I necessarily like it no I don't I don't like confrontation it's uncomfortable but you have to be uncomfortable to be you know to gain that comfortability in this situation in that same token I definitely agree like as someone who's sat in this leader or in a leadership role specifically to you specific to Utah I'm gonna respect you 10 times more if you come to me with something that I did or that you did not receive well or you didn't agree with mm-hmm. if you were able to come to me and, and, and verbalize that mm-hmm. as an adult I'm going to respect you 10 times more mm-hmm. than you having some bad attitude or it's all about how you it's, approach it's the situation. literally all about how you approach and address the situation mm-hmm. one thing my grandma always told me and I didn't understand it until I became like an adult for real it's not what you say it's how you say it, right? That's literally a life rule. Like you, you're, you can you can literally say anything to me, and as long as you say that thing to me with respect, mm-hmm. respect for me, but also respect for like my role as a leadership staff member, then I'm not gonna have any problems with you. You can say virtually anything to me. Right. Now, recognize just because you don't like something that I said or like a decision that I made, that doesn't mean that I'm gonna change it mm-hmm. or yeah. or, yeah. or alter it to fit what you want it just means like i hear you and we can now we have this open dialogue and these open lines of communication Mm -hmm. to to say well is this something that is personal to you individually or is this something that collectively we could look at shifting for the better for the betterment of the program and for the goodness of Mm -hmm. all these students so it's really all about approach agreed for me it's it's also that feeling where i don't know maybe for for me, I'm just, I'm a soft body as well. So 
when someone comes up to me and just being in a leadership position and tells me something that I may have done, said, anything of that nature that they may not like, it low-key hurts my feelings in a sense. And I'm not going to lie, like, you know, it definitely hurts my feelings. But over time, that just comes with the position, especially, you know, being in, you know, it's like not said, being in a leadership role, like that comes with the job. But like I said, like Nas said, you know, I will respect you more if you just come correct with me. It is all about your tone. And sometimes, you know, I respect if you maybe get some type of verification from someone else and say, hey, before I approach a situation, how does this sound? Like, do I sound okay? Do I not sound okay? Should I alter some things? And that could also help increase that. What's the word I'm looking for? In rapport. Rapport, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, def I think that's definitely a, a smart approach as well. Yeah, definitely, I would say kind of going more into like the correct ways but kind of building off what both y'all said but you can say virtually anything to anyone as long as you know how to say it right because you don't want to like you don't want to suppress what you're feeling well you don't want to suppress your thoughts and ideas and feelings in you know hopes of trying not to you know hurt someone else's feelings mm -hmm. because that that constructive criticism can be good right. but one thing i will say is don't bring a problem without a solution don't point out an issue that's, a key point. that's the one that's a key without key point. having a way to fix it because constructive criticism mm -hmm. is supposed to be constructive <laughs> Right. You got to come with something that's going yeah. to help, especially with Utah, because, you know, it could be something it could, it could be, you know, anything. It could be like an activity or it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I think we should do instead of doing this because it might bring mm -hmm. more problems down the line. We could try to implement this to, mm -hmm. you know, try to help it run smoothly. Mm -hmm. So definitely bring in a solution if there is a problem. Yeah, definitely. I, I tell people this all the time, like if there's something, some some problem or whatever that you don't agree with how we've handled it as a leadership staff and you have a different way or you have a different idea, cool, right? But do not come to us to say, well, we didn't really like that without telling us what you would have done differently mm -hmm. or telling us and coming up with different ways to, to how you would have handled the situation in a different way, right? Not how you would have handled the situation better, but how you would have handled it differently, the criticism isn't who did, who can do it better than the other person. It's more about what yields the best results. So as long as your intention is the integrity of the program and the well-being of the mentees and not self-serving, then nine times out of ten, you're not going to have a problem voicing your opinion. Right. That's part of growing as a leader as well. That's part of growing as a person yeah. in general. And, you know, if you place yourself... In a position where you're applying for all these jobs and you know that that's going to come with the job you know you you know that you're going to have problems every person is going to have problems with someone sometime in their life but whenever just whatever job you do land or in your future those situations may arrive and it's going to come a time if you don't if you don't come with the solution to a problem your manager boss whomever is going to really look at you like okay i hear you but that's not my problem at this point so we're going to keep pushing considering you don't have a solution that's kind of tricky, though. Like, I understand, like, not wanting to address things with leadership because it's like, oh, well, they could tell me to get get out. They could tell me to leave. Yeah. So, um, but that's another thing, too. I think if we go back to the things that you don't do, like we said before, you don't want to hold your tongue. You don't want to sit on things, right? Leadership, they're people, too. So 
they they also just as much as you have to grow just as much as this is a growing and learning experience for you all as mentee or mentors leadership staff is growing and experience it's growing and it's a learning experience for them as well so they also need the constructive criticism but what they don't need is that negative critique like the that negative like oh you're just doing a bad job like no in essence everybody's trying here so and they're gonna make mistakes hell i'm i mean i made a lot of mistakes <laughs> <laughs> um when I was a GA so Me too. uh you really just it's and I appreciated those students who were able to call me on some of those mistakes and again like I said in a respectful way because mm-hmm. it made me better at my job right, right. leadership's purpose is to support mentors mm-hmm. and support them and make sure that they have all the tools that they need to be the best mentor possible so if they're slacking you got to call them on that because that's mm-hmm. that's your line of support right, right. that's they're essentially they're the ones mentoring you to be able to do this mentoring job so if you got to call them out and say hey i need more from you Mm -hmm. or hey i need a little bit more support or whatever Mm -hmm. then you have to do that but Mm -hmm. sitting on it and just saying and not asking the questions or not addressing the problem or not stating that you have a problem or whatever it's not going to be beneficial that's why it's crucial to really build those relationships before the summer gets here Mm -hmm. so that when the six weeks does start you're not hesitant to like to communicate with them like you know you're not going to be fearful of some type of like blow up or something like that so moving on to mentees with so many mentees and personalities coming together so abruptly in the summer there's bound to be some type of conflict amongst them at some point during the six weeks so how do you suggest mentors handle these situations if they were and probably will occur. Now, can I ask for a little bit of clarity? So, are you talking about conflicts like mentee to mentee conflict? You're talking about mentee to mentor conflict? Both. I think it'd be both. It's both. both. Yeah. Okay. It can definitely be both. Um, well, yeah, that, that mentee to mentee conflict is going to happen. That's, that's, that, that's, going, mm-hmm. that's just key. That is completely that's, inevitable. <laughs> that is key. You uh, put 200 students in one living space, all the same classes together. You're together all the time. You're all you're together all the time. Somebody, Except the weekends. Somebody's bound to have some beef with somebody. <laughs> I think if it gets to a point where it's it's noticeably showing that it's affecting a mentee with whatever conflicts they're going in, I think that's when mentors definitely need to start stepping in and trying to figure out the solution for this problem. Now, if it's just a situation where boyfriend girlfriend drama or something of that nature yes definitely be aware of the situation but in some cases you know i think we kind of get that mentees are still students and they're still they're they're still grown at the end of the day like they're coming out of high school they're about to live on their own so they're gonna have to eventually learn how to talk amongst each other and figure out problems themselves you can definitely be a mediator in situations if need be but you're not going to be there holding their hands every step of the way. That's just not how it's going to work because we're not here to babysit anyone. We're here to, you know, as a mentor, you're here to guide them. You're here to support them in any way, shape, or form. Now, like I said earlier, if there's a conflict um, where it may get out of hand, where you know you absolutely need to step in, cool, of course, get it, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I think it's very imperative to know that as a mentor, you you need to let the mentees kind of talk amongst themselves and figure it out for them. 
you can you can show them how to approach the situation you can talk to them about that and like i said even just sit in the room but like i said they're still students they're going to have conflicts outside of utah after utah is over and two three five ten years after utah is over so they're gonna have to learn how to confront confrontation just like every other situation or every other problem that a mentor may have had in the past so yeah i think what's key here is being able to assess the situation and assess the conflict between the mentees right Mm -hmm. so being able to say right how serious is this conflict and where do i need to intervene or where do i need to step in like india was saying if it's just kind of like uh oh he said she said and it's not really that noticeable that there's a problem and it's not that noticeable that something's going on then it's just kind of like okay I, you can step to the mentee and be like, I see that there's an issue. Y'all need to figure this out. Right. Y'all, I'm not going to fix it for you, but like India said, y'all need to figure it out. And again, just really understanding at what levels do you need to step in and what levels do you need to step in and say, I need to do a little bit more, right? Of course, nobody needs to let it get to that mm-hmm. physical that place. comes with like observing and knowing your mentees as nope. well, getting to know them. Because yeah. then you'll be able to you'll be able to read the room, the energy, know what's going on. That relationship building component that we were talking about earlier is essential in all aspects of Utah, right? So like again, stepping back, you gotta build a relationship with your other fellow mentors. You have to build a relationship with your your leadership staff, but you also essentially, more importantly than anybody else, you have to build a relationship with the mentees and that like Kaimani said, takes time getting to know them and knowing, okay, I know my mentee well enough to know they're not going to take it there. Like they're going to handle that. I can, I can see that from afar, but yeah, you have to be almost hyper observant in this role and not in a micromanaging type of way. You're not trying to treat them like kids or anything like that. But again, essentially you have to uphold the integrity of the program. And you have to hold these students accountable and reminding them what they're here for. They're not here for the petty drama. Right. And y'all are not here to entertain their petty drama. Right. right? Like that's not that's not entertainment for you all. That's not something that you all need to. Um, what's the word I want to look for? Instigate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> now, one thing I definitely will say that kind of gets misconstrued in a sense is we're definitely not saying you can't know what's going on because it is still good to check on your mentees to see if things are getting better and that would just make mentees feel better in that sense anyways because it's like oh shoot my mentor does care like you know and it makes them feel good that you know i'm just checking on you to make sure everything is okay and that's also will help you know as mentioned earlier in case there may be a mentee that has like um further further feelings other than what's really going on they, they're kind of like shying off to the side not really participating in things it might be just affecting them a little bit more than we expected i think that just comes at a time where you know you're actually just checking on them to make sure it doesn't get to that point but really just checking on your mentees um in this sense because sometimes being in confrontation can really take a toll on you I don't think a lot of people realize how much it takes a toll on you until you're in that situation, especially if you're developing these relationships during the summer. And that just goes on both ends, mentees and mentors, because I don't know about everybody else, but, you know, like I said earlier, too, conversation is not my suit, my best suit. Like, I do not like I do. I cannot handle confrontation well, but I will have but I will handle it, you know, Um, 
but I won't let it really affect me because, or at least I'm learning to, um, for it to not affect me. But like I said, you know, it can affect someone and it's just really good to make sure you're checking on people during this time because it's going to be a lot in the summer. You know, you're handling mentees. Mentees are handling schoolwork. Then they're handling um, meeting a hundred something students. And then they're meant like learning how these college professors are, you know, like they, they haven't really experienced college courses. It is a lot. So just checking on your mentees is, is key as well. Definitely. Now, what was the other side of that? The other side of that coin was... Mentor and mentee. Mentor. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> don't even let it be a thing. <laughs> yes, like, although we say don't let it be a thing, it's it's bound to happen. It, it happens sometime in every single Utah. And at this point in time, I don't know for everybody else, but I kind of just take it for what it is, you know. Okay. I understand that we have these problems, but I am going to be the bigger person and try to talk to you about these problems. You know, as a mentor, you, you're going to have to talk to your mentee. Now, if your mentee doesn't want to talk to you, cool. All right. You know, you know, just let your other fellow, your fellow um, mentors know what's going on. Maybe they can get to the solution and let you know, like, hey, this is how they're feeling type of thing. But you know, you try one time, cool, doesn't work, you try again, all right. But after that, you know, kind of just let it be because it's apparent that they don't want to talk to you. And that's perfectly okay. All mentees are not going to talk to mentors. And I think that's one thing that mentors really just need to learn, you know, because you're everyone's not going to like you. And that's okay. It's a hundred of them, okay? Sometimes you can't remember all their names. Like, you need to learn all their names. Please but sometimes... <laughs> You know, you have other problems going on. You have problems with mentees not going to class sometimes. You got problems with trying to figure out the next activity for your men for your mentor group or mentee group activity. You got like you got, left you got right. other problems in trying to worry about this mentee not talking to you. Like they will they will eventually come around, but just you know, just try not to let this be a thing <laughs> because it could be a lot. Right. It's, I think um, I think there's like kind of like a thin line between like you said like okay, we just we don't we don't click. It's okay, cool. And then you know, if they do have cuz there's a lot of different personalities, mm -hmm. like we even said it on the mentor team. You know, you might not everybody might not be your friend. Mm -hmm. There might be a a mentee and a mentor that have just completely different personalities that just don't mesh well oh, together. Gosh. But you got to either let it be or feed into it. Mm -hmm. And then when you feed into it, that's when you got a problem. And this yeah. is why it's so important when we say that with Utah, you don't have a set group of mentees. You don't have a set group of people that you go to and this and that and third, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're all your mentees. And saying that, like everyone else said, they're not all meant to like you. Mm -hmm. right? You're not all meant exactly. to like them. Exactly. You can do the work without being in awe of these mentees yeah. and it's and it can and it can happen too where it may be a case that mentee may not even like you in utah may not even look your direction have a conversation with you but after they don't that's a problem right <laughs> right but after the program they might be your best friend and you might be like where did this come from and you know things like that happen all the time you know like a mentee would definitely come around after the program or maybe they you know maybe they were sighing you during the program but they were definitely taking notes of okay you know 
maybe I do need she your help. Cool. Right, okay, yeah. maybe I do need her help a little bit. Or, okay, maybe she can help me. And that's just, as a mentor, if, if that situation happens, you know, you take it like it is. Like, you know, you're still their mentor at the end of the day. You go ahead and accept, you know, whatever situation it may be. Um, it could come up like, I thought you didn't like me. But just <laughs> say it in a joking manner, you know. But just knowing that you'll always be there for them and just really letting the mentee know, even though they're not talking to you, you know, if you don't want to talk to me, just know I'm always be here for you, you know. If you ever need anything. And that goes a long way, and that definitely shows mm-hmm. after the program. Setting the boundaries and the standards for all your mentorships. Right. Okay, so it's no secret that the classes are fast-paced in Utah. It's only six weeks. And since a lot of mentees are experiencing college for the first time, it can be a big adjustment for them, especially when it comes to uh, learning the grading system and dealing with professors and communicating with them. So what advice would you give to mentors to share with the mentees when it comes to addressing any of these issues that they may have with their professors in Utah? This is funny. So (laughs) this is actually really funny because... My thing is, my my best advice, you know, every mentor has different majors. We know that for sure. And within these majors, professors are going to have different ways of teaching, handing out assignments, whatever the case may be. They're going to have different methods of their teaching style. If a mentee has a problem with the professor, I think... The best advice a mentor could give, you can definitely, it's nothing wrong with expressing your concerns with a professor, but it's definitely, like like we said earlier, it's about your approach, but it's also coming with, you know, those outbound questions of, you know, I feel like this is a struggle for me or I'm getting a little overwhelmed by the work that was given to me so I was just needing some guidance on how I could approach this and what what I could do to you know feel less overwhelmed and that can be as simple as saying girl you know you're doing the most I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) like that's literally what it is but it's really just about how you say things to professors um and it sounds like I was exercise science major so sometimes you know you either have you either know the material or you don't. It's really not uh it's really not in between. It's a memorization type of thing. You either know it or you don't. It's not really like, oh well, you know, I can guide you this. No, it's literally you just gotta study. Um <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I loved all my professors and so science. But, you know, it just it just is how it is. Like you gotta take it from a campaign, like I said earlier. Just just how it is sometimes. Yeah, I think we're talking about um the mentors having potential conflicts with professors. Um, not something that I have seen much of, but I think that's a testament to um, the leadership's connection to the professors and stuff, right? I think if ever that situation were to arise, then I'm not sure. Sh- I'm going to be very candid here and say that as someone who was on the leadership staff, I don't know that I would want the mentors to handle that conflict depending on what it was right without the presence of one of us there like you know what i mean and that's more so protective in nature protecting the mentor protecting the integrity again the integrity of the program professors the relationship with the program and the professor 
right? Like, it's just sometimes you don't know how people are going to react to things. So I would hate for a mentor to go to a professor with something and a professor just be like, oh, so this is what UTOP is about. And then you have a severed relationship. Right. And then maybe we can't offer that class anymore and like all this stuff. So I think just in a in a protective nature, I would, me personally, I would really appreciate a mentor who would come to me and say, hey, I don't know if something's off with me and this professor, but I feel it. I feel it enough for me to feel warranted in coming to you with this. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can say, okay, well, this is what we think. And this is what we got going on. And whether or not we need to go have a conversation with the professor or whatever, whatever we need to do after the fact. And we can decide that then. But I think just from uh, from the initial standpoint, I think, you know, just kind of don't even don't even go there. I'm glad that you brought that up, though, too, because mentors do act as sometimes like TAs Mm -hmm. in the classes. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there might be, so we said like, you know, mentees and professors, but mentors and professors during the summer. So, yeah, that's definitely important. I would definitely suggest coming to leadership about that. Mm -hmm. And then as far as helping your mentees to approach their professors, there's definitely a, a boundary. There's only so much you can do. And just giving them the advice, maybe even helping them go through the steps of actually setting up, like, going an appointment with them, office hours or something like that. Because that's something that they're really going to have to learn how to do for themselves. They're in college. They're going to have to learn how to communicate with their professors. So just trying to give them all the tools and advice that you can to help guide them to do that the correct way. Yeah, and also understand that that's that's a part of your role as a mentor, a peer mentor in this program specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're helping their transition into college. Mm -hmm. And part of that is helping them learn what the best effective communication is for communicating with professors, um, you all know what, I mean, we all know what we did that worked well for us, but I'm sure we all really remember the things we did that didn't work well for us. Absolutely. So I know that all of us have been mentors in some way, shape or form. And I know with my mentees, I really honed in on, Hey, I did this. Mm-hmm. It did not work well. Right. right. Like it was not received well, but I also tried this over here. And I got a better reaction and I got a better response. Mm -hmm. So that could be anything along the lines of email etiquette. That's probably honestly going to be your biggest one. And where people... Especially now. Especially now. Especially with them coming straight from high school. Straight from high school. Never really... Well, most of them never... They don't really use email like that. I got a lot lot of first-year students email in a very specific way. And it's not that it's wrong per se it's just not academic in nature mm-hmm. and one thing that we have to, to to teach and really coach these students on is when to use the right email etiquette and and, and who are you talking to right mm-hmm. like if you have established a, a, a really good relationship with this person and you can be a little bit more relaxed and laid back and relaxed in your mm-hmm. Email etiquette and responses, cool, right? Use the emojis and the stuff, but just use make sure use the LOL. Just make sure that that's the nature of how you talk to that person. Mm-hmm. If you're emailing the chair of your department and you've never had a conversation with them before and you don't know how they talk and they don't know who you are, mm-hmm. you probably don't want to use crying laughing emoji, <laughs> right? Like you, you probably want to come with a little bit more professional academic. Mm-hmm standpoint so as mentors it's your responsibility and your obligation to say i'm going to coach these students 
so that they don't make the same mistakes or so that I give them the tools so they can at least have the tools to not make the same mistakes that, that I did. Mm-hmm. Now, just because you give it to them, it don't mean they're going to use it. Right. So one thing that, you know, one thing that I would definitely want to touch base on, too, is just going back to those relationships again. You know, there's a lot of mentors that have came into the program coming out of they may have been a mentee in previous Utahs and they may have established you know relationships with professors or there may have been mentors that just really have just established relationships with Utah professors only because of previous courses it is perfectly okay to have that relationship with those professors it is actually highly recommended to have those key relationships with those professors you know if a mentee is struggling more than likely the professor is going to tell you especially if you have that relationship one thing i do say to keep in mind though you know it's great that you have that relationship but just make sure you're always keying in on what's going on and letting all of your team know because yes y'all might have that relationship but we still need to know kind of like what's going on what even if the problem was fixed solved whatever you know we still need to know as leadership okay Thank you for letting us know. Now we can kind of keep watch on in case it's like becoming an ongoing thing. Just so, you know, we'll have the knowledge in the back of our heads and if they need to seek other type of help. But like I said, if you have that relationship with professors, cool. Like more than likely, they're going to just talk to you. You can talk to them. Y'all can figure out the issue at hand. Um, But then again, like I said, just make sure you really just informing your team leadership of what's really going on. You should be doing that anyways, though. Mm -hmm. That's part of staying on one accord. Right. That's yeah, that's in all the situations, because one thing you don't want to happen is for make so kind of moving off of professors. But you don't want a mentee to come up to you and ask you something or say something about a situation that's going on and you have no clue about it. Right. Because then it's like, like, what are you like? Oh, you, you don't. Oh, so you don't know no. what you're doing. Right. Then your whole team looks crazy. Exactly. So it's like that just that just. Oh, my gosh. That's just key. Like you need to be on one accord at all times, especially whether it's a mentee, mentee. Um, confrontation whether it's a mentee mentor confrontation anything that's going on your team needs to be on one accord at all times because like him and Kaimani said these situations can happen but if a mentee come up to you and you don't know nothing they don't be like okay so who do I need to talk to that actually know how to do their job because you clearly don't so once you look off as a team it's like almost like their respect for you goes down Mm -hmm. because it's like oh they don't know what they're doing nope and it's like they can start getting over on you. They can talk to you any type of way. It just gets a I think that's why we say that so much is be on one accord. Be I on think one accord. A lot of the conflict that we've been talking about in this podcast can easily be avoided very by, very by communication and making sure that you all are on the same page, right? Right? You can't. Some of the conflict doesn't, it's not going to happen if everything's moving the way that it's supposed to. If you all are working as one, like, well-oiled machine or whatever you want to call it, then you should be fine. So, to just wrap everything up, you know, we've we've talked about four main things that happen in Utah. Confrontation with mentors, confrontation with leadership, confrontation with mentees, professors. All in all, all of this comes to conclusion with tying into respect and i think you know respect is 
very imperative in all of these situations. So it's kind of as if what can we do in order to not only keep that respect, but come off as respectful in the best case possible and just knowing when not to cross those boundaries. So what would be some key things, some key tips to like kind of wrap everything up? I would say set, having having respect as your baseline. So yeah. no matter what conversation you're having with anyone, like first thing you do, well, before you even speak is what I'm saying going to be respectful to them because the first sign of disrespect, it diminishes any type of rapport you're trying to build. So... Yeah, setting that as the baseline for everything that you do and using respect to feed into you communicating effectively as well. So. Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of a couple of things. I think the first one is just kind of checking your tone, right? Like okay. we said before, it's, oh, not about, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it, right? If you're coming to me and your tone is like, I can tell that you are not in the right headspace, then I'm probably not going to receive that and respond that well or respond well to that myself. But if you come with me and your tone is a little bit more gentle, warm, and welcoming, even if you're, you can be saying the, the most non-positive thing, but if your tone is right, then I'm going to receive that and respond to that different, completely different <laughs> than if you were said it any other way. I think also in that nature is just making sure you're moving with intentionality and making sure that your intentions are always very clear. So for you all, I'm going to tell you right now, your intention shouldn't change throughout the summer. Your intention should be to focus on the betterment of these mentees and their matriculation and integration into college. That is your focus. That should be what your intention is throughout the entire summer. As long as you all move with that intention, you will do fine and you will do good work. Once you let, once you start to let that stray, that's when you start to see those people who could have been better mentors. They weren't bad. They just could have been better. I'm gonna say two things. Um, I'm gonna say one, just respecting everybody's feelings, especially if they're coming to you about a problem and it involves you. You just kind of gotta respect their feelings in a sense and not brush it off only because it could be it could have been you in that situation. And two, really owning up to the to the point that it's okay that you messed up and really just the saying, you know, hey. I messed up you know I, I apologize so I think it's both like I said owning up to what you did whether you know you feel like it was wrong or not it hurt someone else and really just respecting the other person's feelings at the end of the day because like I, like we've been talking about this whole podcast you're gonna have problems but it's really just about how you take these problems how you're gonna handle these problems about growing with these problems and just moving forward so just accepting the fact that you know, respect's gonna come a long way if you just mutual respect for somebody else. That's the word I'm looking for. Mutual respect. So that's the key advice that I would give. Absolutely. <laughs>